I'm reviewing here! Oh, I am back, baby. I mean, I haven't been gone for that long, but I really have because I've not been able to record an episode in so freaking long. I'll get into it. Anyway, hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. I'm your host, Matthew Bussey. I am watching and reviewing Sight and Sound's top greatest movies of all time, and I'm drinking some some wine right now. What day of the week is it? Is it even July yet? Oh, it is July. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys, I cannot even begin to... Ex- I have PTSD from this. So at work, I had to edit this really huge project. It was an hour and like 40 minutes. It took me so much time to do. I was so behind because I didn't have enough space in my computer. I didn't have enough space in my hard drive. So I had to buy a new hard drive. And then it didn't like accept files. So I had to download this thing off the internet. But the thing I downloaded ended up being a corrupt piece of shit. And it screwed everything up and it put everything back. And I finally fixed it, and then um, everything got uh, went, went away. Everything disappeared, so I had to redo the entire goddamn thing yesterday. So I've been a complete wreck for the past two weeks, and I haven't really been able to use this computer because everything's all the files have had to get recovered. So I am recording this on a Friday, and this movie is premiering on Monday. Ooh! Yeah, that's not good. I don't like to do that. I mean, I have severe OCD and I like my routines, so that's really, really screwed up. And, um, oh God, I don't like that. Yeah, you know, like my whole routine thing, it needs to stop. Like I was at the gym this morning, it's shoulder day, and I wasn't able to do my last exercise because I forgot that the gym was closing at 9 a.m. today for, um, like to clean or something. And I didn't get to do my last exercise and I was so freaking mad. I got home and I was in the shower and I almost, I almost... I almost <gasps> screamed. Yeah, I wasn't going to hit the glass because I don't want to do that. I have also burned myself tw- three times this week by accident cooking, so I just don't want to hurt my fingers anymore. I have very sensible fingers. Anyway, um, this is really fun, though, so I got to really get back into the groove groove of things. That is a new intro, my friends. That is me as a baby. Uh, I believe, oh, God, what year was that? I don't. I did, forgot to take note. It was the 90s. I was a kid. And yes, that is me doing a Home Alone impression. And yes, that's my mother, because my mother is British. And um, Home Alone, one of the greatest movies of all time. And that is proof, audio proof, that I was obsessed with it. Home Alone, though, is kind of a disturbing movie, because it's kind of like Saw, but like for kids, you know? So uh, yeah, it's pretty much, you know, you should also, if you have time, YouTube alternate ending to Home Alone, because it's really funny. There's somebody edited it together so that old man Marley, whatever his name is, ends up killing Kevin. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's a very stupid video, but it is kind of funny. Anyway, all right. Well, let's get into today's movie, shall we? So this is going to be, because uh, I, I, I'm going to just not warn you, but tell you that this is a very weird batch of movies this week. They're all very different. One of them is like a, an American classic. One of them is a very famous British movie. And the, one of them, the one I'm reviewing today, no one's heard of. I hadn't even heard of it. So um, they're all very, very different. And it's going to be an interesting week. And I'm going to try and review all... Th- wait, I totally screwed that up. No, the one film on Friday is not an American film. The one film on Friday, I hate it, and it's not a good film. Oh, God, that's going to be a rough one, because I don't like to be mean, but um, I'm getting all my movies mixed up. This happens, you know, when you watch a lot of movies, and you drink a lot of coffee, and you drink a lot of tea, and you drink a lot of caffeine, and you drink a lot of wine. You know, you go kind of crazy, so let's get into it, though. All right, today I'm going to be reviewing a very strange, but very exotic, beautifully done movie that made no sense, but I kind of liked it. 
Today's movie, my friends, is called Limit or Limit. You can call it whatever. That music is so soft, so soft and so beautiful. I kind of wish you could hear it better, but I just fed my dog dinner and she's chomping away like crazy right now. So I'm a little bit distracted, but yeah, this is a big action packed movie. There's all these werewolves and gremlins and it's like Lord of the Rings. No, it's not. It's not that type of movie at all. All right. Limites. All right. Okay. I did not like Limite when I first watched it. And then I actually watched it twice. Now, I didn't, the second time I watched it, I did not sit and like not look away. No, I kind of skimmed through it the second time. And I appreciate it. I appreciated it a lot more. Uh, I was very taken aback by this movie because I've read the synopsis and it sounds like a great, fantastic premise for a movie with like a lot of plot and like a lot of potential for you know big character development and character arcs and 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 all that all that jazz you know because you know you read the description of the the synopsis and it's like oh it's a it's a drama about two women and and a man left at sea you know presumably after like a shipwreck and and we learn about their past lives. And for me, because I have a dirty mind, I was like, Oh my God, is is there going to be like a love triangle? Are they going to like, you know, is there going to be some of that? Uh, I mean, not, it wouldn't be that dirty. This movie came out in 1931. So, you know, but, and it's silent too, but uh, no, it's not that the uh, limit is not a narrative movie. This, this does not at all follow the everyday Hollywood uh, narrative movie, not even just Hollywood, just, you know, a movie structure. It does not have that at all. This is a, um, an art film, plain and simple. Uh, I think the best way to describe it is, uh, so you see Martin Scorsese, he loves this movie. He actually added it to uh, uh, this nonprofit that he runs called the World Cinema Project. It's really cool. It's it's um, dedicated to restoring films. I actually think it may have closed down, so I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a downer if I'm thinking of the right place, but um, he loved it. And, you know, he gave a great quote about it that I found. He said... Uh, Limit, it's not so much a story as a succession of moods and states of being that flow together like musical tones and colors into a symphonic piece. Scorsese, shut up. I don't like when people talk that way because it makes me so jealous because why can't I talk that way? I like, God, I cannot talk that elegantly to save my goddamn life. And I used to try to in like school all the time and my teachers would literally be like, yes, stop, Matt, you're doing it again. Stop. 
I just want to use big words. Symphonic piece? When the hell would I ever say that? No, but um, I'm just kidding. Look, Scorsese, though, he sums that up perfectly. It's a succession of moods and states of being. It's what it is, uh, basically. This movie, it's, it's quite long. It's just under two hours, and it's really a big, huge juxtaposition of shots, all kinds of different shots, and really incredible shots, too. Um, and, you know, the history of this movie, too, which I'll get into, it's really fascinating. But, you know, the cinematography by, uh, it was by this guy named Edgar, Edgar Brazil, I think is how you say, Brazil, is how you say his name. Um, it, it, it's just phenomenal. There are so many shots in this movie that are so good. And you have to remember, too, that this movie was thought to be lost. It was filmed in 1930. It was released in, uh, it's a Brazilian movie, it was, it was released in Rio de Janeiro the year after in 1931, and then it was it kind of believed to be lost. Um, and then it was revi- uh, revived, I, I believe, restored, excuse me, in 1978. Um, that's kind of when it was, it started to become restored, you know, which is kind of crazy. And there's only one frame of the movie that's missing. Uh, that's just incredible, though. I think the fa- I've said this before. The fact that they are restoring these incredibly obscure, really remarkably done old movies that absolutely positively nobody has heard of. I mean, I just think that's absolutely mind-blowing. So they did that. Um, and the movie, Limite, it's really kind of gone on to become like a, a cult film in, in uh, Brazilian cinema. Uh it's some people consider it to be one of the greatest Brazilian movies of all time. I don't know about that. I've only seen like one other Brazilian movie. I've never, I don't even know anything about Brazil. You know, want to know how I learned about Brazil? I still know what you did last summer. Remember that movie when they, they, uh, you know, Brandy's on the phone and shit, the radio, the fake, well, spoiler alert, the, it's not a radio guy, but the guy claiming to be a radio guy calls them and they're like, what's the capital of Brazil? And then you're on a trip to the Bahamas. And then she goes, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, that's how I learned about Brazil the first time. I'd like to go there though. Portuguese is a cool language. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so this was restored. Um, now, okay. Again, there's not really a whole lot of plot in this movie. Um, I will say though that the making of this movie is really remarkable. So it was, it was um, written and directed and produced by uh, this guy named Mario Peixoto. I love that name. And when you see how his last name is spelled, it's with an X. It's so badass. Um, yeah. He was 22 years old when he made this movie. Now he was, he was originally a poet and a novelist. Um, he actually later wrote a book about, um, not about this movie, I'm sorry. He just later on wrote a book, and, and uh, this was his only movie that he ever did. And it's, again, like I said, it's kind of just stuck around. And um, what inspired him to make this movie is pretty cool. You know, so he was uh, from Brazil, of course, but he was on summer break. He was in Paris. He had been studying in England. Remember he was 22. So he was like a kid still. What inspired him to make this movie? He saw an image in this French magazine, uh, this, this photograph by this, this photographer named Andre Cortez, I believe is how you say his last name. It was an image of a woman looking at the camera and she has her fists out and her fists, she has handcuffs in her hands, in her fists, excuse me. No, it's not a dirty image. It's like a really, really, and I'll put this image in the show notes. It's, um, it, it hits you in a way. And if you Google, you know, limit the movie, it's like one of the first shots that comes up. It's, it's a like literally a complete 
facsimile. Is that the right word to use? No, that's not the right word. It's like a direct copy of the image that um, Peixoto saw in the magazine. I think that's really cool. I think it's really unique how this one image just completely compelled him to really go ahead and make this completely experimental movie. And it got me thinking too about like, you know, there are images that we see in magazines and, and just famous images that really do stick with us. And they do kind of drive us to go ahead and make something about it. Um, I'm acting like I've done that a lot. I don't think I have. I mean, I have in general because, you know, I used to make movies and yeah, movies inspire scenes from movies have inspired me to make movies, of course. But like, I got to thinking about, wow, what would be like a very, either like a famous or kind of like an unknown image in the world, like a photograph that would inspire me to go and make a movie about nothing essentially, but just use the copy of that image to, to make this, you know, make it the basis for this movie. I do not know. I do not know. God, I'm like thinking right now, what, are, what, oh, what's like that fame? Oh, wait, hold on. What's that famous image of, um, oh, I can't think of it right now. Probably I would be, no, I can't say that. It's too dark. I was going to joke and say, you know, in England, those poor officers that have to stand and they have to basically wear like 25 pounds of like fur coats on them and they have to stand in the heat and eventually they'll like, they'll like faint. Yeah, and there have been photos of like them all in line and one of them is, has just fainted and not any of them go to help them. That's really sad though. I don't mean that. I'm totally I'm totally uh, yanking your chain. I would not never. I would I kid you. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I would never ever ever feel compelled to do that. I don't know why I'm getting like so razzled about that. I I don't know. I'm sensitive today. Had a rough week, okay? Haven't been able to use this goddamn computer all week. Give me a break. Okay, so um, that is the history of Limit. And yeah, like I said, it's now kind of considered to be a lost masterpiece. Walter Salas is another famous uh, director. And um, he's actually, he loves the movie so much that he's now the founder of the Mario Peixoto archives. I mean, this movie, like, really hit people. And Salas, too, he's, he's a Brazilian director as well. So obviously he knows the impact that this movie made in Brazil. But it really hit people. And I think re-watching it the second time, skim re-watching it, I'm sorry, re-skimming it the, sec the second time, I can see why. I think it's because if you know the history, if you know that a 22-year-old man got these incredible shots, then you do feel really amazed by it. I think that's kind of like the hidden power of, of Lamide. I mean, look, I'll get into the plot. The plot is this. There are, like I said, two women and a man um, on a boat, on a rowboat, and they're lost at sea. One of them is just, like, completely, like, she looks dead. She looks, like, catatonic and, like, immobile. Like, she's just, uh, she's lying, like, on the boat and, like, won't really interact at all with the other two. There's no dialogue this whole movie. There is, like, no dialogue at all. At all. And again, like I said, it's just all about the shots. The movie is just all about the shots. There are a million canted angles. Canted angle is when the camera's, like, tilted, like, eh, like that. And, um... There's a long sequence at the end of these waves crashing into each other. And there's just a lot of shots intercut with, um, like, nature shots, you know? Like, like, like uh, there's the wind, and there's these bushes flying, and these trees 
you know, branches floating, you know, from the wind. And there's a scene where the guy, I think it's the same guy, he's talking to a woman on this dock and she's eating a chicken wing and he runs off and then you see a, a piece of chicken skin from the chicken wing like hit the dock and you're just like, what? <laughs> I put in my notes. Who is that? Yeah, I didn't even know. I was very confused. The first time I watched this, I thought, I did not even know that it was two women and a man. I just couldn't tell what was going on. I, I really, really could not tell. But anyway, the shots in this movie, though, are really amazing. There's a, a theater, a movie theater shot in this where we get all these close-ups of, of the pianist playing, and then we get these really extreme close-ups of the audience laughing uh, at the movie that they're watching. And I believe it's a Charlie Chaplin movie, too, um, which is kind of ironic. But yeah, it's just, and it's like a, it's like a visceral scene. I think that's the big thing about Limit is that the sequences are just very vis- visceral, you know? So it really is just, um, I think the best thing about it is that it's a fantastically edited movie. But anyway, back to the plot. Okay. Are you ready for this? Cause this is going to be like less than a minute. So one of the women we find out has, uh, escaped from prison. Another, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, one of the, the other woman, um, was in a really bad marriage and she left her guy and the guy, the guy on the boat, he, um, we find out was in love with someone else's wife and that's it. That's all I got. How did they end up on the boat? I don't know. I, I don't, and I'm sorry if you know this movie better than me and you know, and I'm being an idiot, then, then please like comment and I'll, I'll go back and figure it out. But I couldn't figure out how they end up on this boat. Um, and the way it ends, it ends with one of the women just, it looks like the boat crashed because one of the women is like floating on a piece of wreckage from the boat. And how does that happen? We don't know. Again, like I said, there's that big, long sequence of these waves crashing, but it doesn't look like a hurricane or anything. So, yeah, it's it's ambiguous to the extreme. It is ambiguous to the exponential point of exponential infinity. Yeah, like that's kind of the best way to describe this movie. It's very much like a Terrence Malick movie, and Terrence Malick, one of his movies is coming up, and I might, like, scream because... I love Terrence Malick so much, but I know that a lot of people don't like him because, uh, not nothing personal. They just, some people think his movies are a little pretentious, but I love Terrence Malick. But I make that comparison because Terrence Malick movies are also equally very ambiguous and they're not about the story. They're about the style, you know, they're about putting these cool images together and making you decide what it's all about and what it all means. So, I mean, this is going to be a really short episode. What is the 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 um, moral of Lumit? I think honestly, because there's no real story to Lumit, I think the moral is that, dude, editing and making movies, it's fun. Go ahead and do it. That's the best way to watch this movie. Watch it for the cinematography. I mean, just watch it for that, honestly. And look, if you're not into movies, like traditional movies, yeah, I get it. You're not going to like Lemite at all. I do recommend this movie. I do. Um, but I will say, though, that, yeah, you know, the moral of the movie, I think, is, is um, and this is kind of like a, a cheat. I'm, it's not really, like, the right answer because it has nothing to do with the plot of the movie. But like I said, you know, I, I think the real moral of Lemite is, like, you can be however old you are and you can make really effective works of art. 
You can make works of art that are going to be divisive. Many people might watch this movie and be so bored and find it really pretentiously done. I admit, I didn't like it the first time I saw it. You know, I didn't. But that's the power of movies, though. I think movies, not all of them, but a lot of movies when they make no sense and they just have all these images piled upon, piled upon each other, you know. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work the first time you watch it, but then it sticks with you. And that's the magic of movies. They really do have that side to them that is really, really effective. So I would check it out. I really would check this movie out. Um, just absolutely breathtaking imagery. The music, too, the, the soundtrack, or the uh, the score, excuse me. I, I didn't catch who um, it's listed in the either the beginning or the end of the movie, but uh, it was the music that you heard in the trailer. Absolutely beautiful gorgeously done and uh yeah limit limit you know what mario pesciotto 22 years old i was 22 and i thought i was hot shit i made the stupidest movies ever and i thought i was getting like good shots too but you've proven me wrong rest in peace he's still alive no he's not he passed away in 1992 but he lived to be 83 wow wow limit i think let's all start off this week being a little bit experimental and let's get out our cameras get out your instagram and shoot some shots that make no sense but are gorgeously done and somehow touch you emotionally and that's the end of the episode you made it you're alive Ah! i'm so happy for you and i hope i didn't annoy you too much and if i did annoy you i don't really care thank you so much for tuning into this episode of i'm reviewing here new episodes are weekly usually mondays wednesdays and fridays you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast you can also subscribe on youtube new episodes air the same day they do as on the podcast follow me on instagram at i'm reviewing here or you can follow me personally at mabussy it's my last name it's not funny don't laugh all right bye